What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Dad Needs to Talk. And on today's episode, I've had a busy family weekend. My Hair Academia is really good. Invincible is really good. So much good stuff to talk about. Let's get into it. show guys um once again for those of you that are new my name is robert i am your host of dad needs to talk so just a couple of housekeeping things just kind of up top here before i get into you know family stuff and games tv manga all that other stuff so i had the awesome pleasure of getting to be on the my hero academia podcast last week so if you search for my Hero Academia podcast. Um, their Twitter is at MHA Pod. Um, I got to guest star on there for last week's chapter, chapter 308. Um, I'll also, hopefully, if things still go as planned, I'll be on there again um, on the episode where we're, we're going to be recording Monday for chapter 309. And then on Tuesday, I'll be joining a group of them, some people from the show and some people from other shows to do a Jujutsu Kaisen podcast. Um, the thing, I think that one might kind of just more be a overall thoughts on the anime. I'm not 100% for sure, but I do know for sure it is a Jujutsu Kaisen podcast. So, yeah, very awesome, very exciting. You know, little, little old me, you know, um, I just crossed, you know, a month of doing podcasts, which is kind of weird to think about. But, you know, I published that first episode on March 14th, so, and here we are on the 18th, so, it's been pretty awesome. Um, thanks to everybody that's, you know, been here the whole time, those of you that are just getting on, joining the show, or if this is sometime way in the future and you're going back and listening to this, welcome. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, pretty cool, like I said, getting to be on My Hero Academia podcast and the Jujutsu Kaisen podcast. Um... Uh, other quick reminder, um, aside from, you know, the main podcast like this that I put up every Monday, I have also continued doing my Villain Saga read-through podcast, so a second episode of that went up at the end of last week, so, and the support I've gotten from people worldwide on the two Villain Saga episodes, as well as the Attack on Titan finale one have been very humbling. Um, and, and also, you know, like I said, just kind of very nice to see because I was going to, of course, be reading through the manga anyways, but having that kind of extra backing of like, okay, hey, there are people that do care enough to listen to my thoughts on this as I make my way through it. It's very exciting, especially because I have quite a ways to go. <laughs> You know, I the last book I did, I ended on chapter 86, and I think the manga is like on chapter 100-something, 186 or something, whatever. So, got good long ways to go, as well as other series already lined up. I'm also, you know, I have, you know, those 20th Century Boys volumes lined up. Um, also, somewhere down the line in the future, I'm planning on doing Vagabond, and who knows what else. So, so yeah, so very exciting 
stuff to look forward to. So, um, so yeah, like I said, just wanted just to give a little bit of a reminder of people, you know, to check out or be on the lookout for those My Hero Academia podcasts. I'll be on the Jujutsu Kaisen one, as well as my Villain Saga read-through episodes. Um, oh, and last little quick note uh, before I get into the show proper. Um, I went I went ahead and I made a Twitter account for the podcast. It's just at Dad Needs to Talk. So, you know, kind of help things there. Try to get, be a little bit more professional, you know, than just having just only my personal ones. So, uh, so yeah, and hopefully in the future I'm working with some buddies on um, hopefully within the next month to also have a website uh, for the show as well. So, you know, like I said, just trying to grow and expand. Um, I've also ordered some more equipment, so it kind of helped me grow. Because, like I said, getting to be on other shows and stuff within my first month, like I said, is way sooner than what I anticipated. So I decided to go ahead and invest in myself, invest in my podcast. And I got a brand new microphone. And then I'm waiting for my new laptop to come in as well. So, yeah, um, like I said, lots of fun and exciting times ahead. But, yeah, so I'll take a quick break and we'll get into the show proper. All right, so moving on to quick little uh, life update. My, my, what adventures Robert's been up to in the last week. So, um... I guess more so the last few days have been very crazily busy for me um, on the parenting side. So uh, for those of y'all who don't know, uh, this weekend, yesterday, Saturday, the 4th, uh, April 17th, uh, was my wife's birthday. So she went away on a little trip with her sister and cousins. So she, you know, sent her away. She got to, you know, go have fun and enjoy herself. She'll be back, you know later tonight but of course you know that put full full dad duties on me so my saturday all day saturday and then sunday morning were extremely busy um my oldest daughter had track practice saturday morning for two hours then my oldest son had a basketball game midday with one team then my youngest daughter had a basketball game that night, and then my oldest son had his second basketball game with his other team right after that. So all this started from, you know, 10 a.m. with track till the last basketball game was about 7 p.m. or started at 7 p.m. So, yeah, pretty busy day. Then, like I said, turn around, and my son got invited to a special kind of like basketball little training session Sunday morning to kind of work on his post moves and, you know, kind of get better equipped to handle, you know, the ball down low. So, so yeah, so I was on full dad duty this weekend. So, um, you know, aside from that, um, I did get a chance to kind of catch up with one of my good friends. Um, (laughs) I'll just call him Mr. Hatton. (laughs) Uh, from a good buddy from of mine from college, um, we, you know, we we've kept in touch loosely over the years, but we hadn't really verbally spoken on the phone or seen each other over video 
and I don't know how many years. It's been a very long time. So, so yeah, so he, he happened to be in town this weekend, but unfortunately, you know, the timing happened to be, you know, with me being on full dad duty, so I couldn't go out and meet him and hook up with him and stuff, whatever, catch up. So, um, but he hit me up and we just, you know, video called for a good couple of hours. And so that was really nice, you know, like, again, to catch up with an old friend and kind of, you know, get up to date on what he's been up to, you know, updating him on what I've been up to with the podcast and all that stuff. And once again, this is another uh, beautiful moment of networking because, you know, I was telling him about some stuff I've been trying to figure out with the podcast and stuff like that. And some of the missing pieces I've been looking for is stuff that he does so you know I, I knew he did certain things as far as uh like certain side projects and side hustles he had but didn't know that in the years since i had like really fully checked in with him that he's been doing some of the stuff that i've been looking for somebody to do for me so that's very awesome so we'll kind of have you know we're planning on uh, some meetings coming up to kind of like say uh, get some of those things worked out so very exciting very awesome um, you know like I said us coming back together and you know basically it was kind of like you know like no time had ever really passed it was like hey just hey just it's that's the thing about you know having friends like that to where it's like hey no matter how long it's been since y'all have talked or seen each other or whatever those friends that it might have been a week ago. It might have been five, six years ago. But as soon as y'all reconnect, it's like no time had passed. So, yeah. So, yeah, that was really cool. Like I said, getting to catch up with him. Um, last little thing. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, I've got a laptop coming in. I'm up here running around trying to figure out what the heck is going on with this freaking laptop I ordered. So, when I had went to go pick up a microphone the other day. Um, first off, it was the wrong model, <laughs> so um, luckily I was able to order the right one, and then that came in Friday, and the laptop was also supposed to come, was also supposed to come in Friday. Well, I saw like later in the day a message that my apartment number was missing from the shipping, even though on the website I had checked, hey, use the same address as my billing address, but for whatever reason it didn't fill in the uh, apartment number. So, missed the laptop, missed Friday. Um, was, you know, like I said, I was kind of like in and out the house a lot Saturday, but I was close enough to kind of keep an eye. All waited all day Saturday, nothing, freaking, at the very end of the day, after, you know, we had left the house to go for the last basketball games, whatever, while we're away, get a message at like 7 p.m., like, well, it felt, you know, the business was closed, couldn't deliver package, and it's like, what the hell? You know, and so now I have to wait until Monday, which sucks because I was planning on, you know, having the whole weekend to set up the laptop, play around with stuff, test it out or whatever before, you know, I go and guest on these upcoming My Hero Academia and Jujutsu Kaisen podcast. So a little bit frustrating, but hey, I'll get it handled. You know, my, my wife will be back, so she'll be around the house most of the day tomorrow. So, but in the future, I think I will just stick to, especially with a device like that, um, at least like, because, you know, like Amazon, they'll leave the package, take a picture, even if you're not there or you don't answer. 
but freaking the laptop is coming through freaking UPS. So, you know, and the thing is, so they didn't even leave a note or nothing or whatever. So I can't even try to go to like a pickup area or nothing, whatever. So, like I said, that kind of sucked, um, you know, because I was like, hey, at least, you know, call or something. It's like, okay, you got to the location, didn't see a apartment number. My phone number is on the, on the, shipping stuff but anywho sorry for rambling like i said that was just you no know, very frustrating so anywho <laughs> take a quick break and come back and talk about uh some other stuff one little quick thing i've got to mention um is that um i had picked up another little book that i'm planning on hopefully you know getting to sometime in the coming weeks um titled ask a water now some of you may be aware of the book or its origins and stuff, but for the for those of you for those of you who don't know, um, the book is based off of basically words of wisdom from Satoru Iwata, who was a former CEO of Nintendo. Now, unfortunately, um, some years back, I think maybe like five six years ago, I can't hundred percent remember. Um, he unfortunately passed away. Um, but he was a very, very awesome dude, you know, from, from the time of, from the times I've seen him, you know, in the Nintendo Directs and, and different stuff like that. And so they came out, you know, they worked Nintendo them, his family, they worked with Viz to publish this book called Ask a Water. And so, you know, the top or the, the headline on the book is, you know, Words of Wisdom from Satoru Iwata, Nintendo's Legendary CEO. And on the back, one of the things from him, or a quote from him, was, "On my business, on my business card, I am a corporate president. In my mind, I am a game developer, but in my heart, I am a gamer." So, yeah, like I said, just definitely looking forward to picking um, or going through that book soon. So yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Like I said, if you're interested, um, the book is out there. Um, I believe I had just I got off of Amazon. I think it was on like a sale or something for like 15 bucks. So yeah, definitely uh, check that out if you're interested. Like I said, it's called Ask a Water. Good stuff. All right, so just kind of briefly to touch on a couple of uh, game things. So, um. Of course, I'm still kind of like slowly chipping away at Outriders. I hadn't really gotten a chance to really play as much as I really would like because, you know, between family stuff and then, you know, me kind of using more of my downtime to, uh, you know, read the Villain Saga or whatever. You know, I kind of hadn't really, you know, played Outriders too much, but still enjoying it, still loving it, you know, still a fun game. So, and plus with a lot of the technical difficulties and stuff that's been going on, it's also kind of definitely kind of like put it more in the back of my mind as far as, ah, it's not a priority to play this right now. You know, I'll get back to it soon. So, main thing, uh, or game, kind of like new game thing, I kind of really tested out a little bit of. It was a demo for, the game is called Aerial Knights Never Yield. Now, the demo I played on Nintendo Switch, but... The game will be coming out on PC, or it might already be on PC, but uh, but it will be on PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, 
and the Xbox consoles. So I'm just making sure. Um, yeah, PC, Switch, Xbox Series, XS, and PS5. So, uh, so yeah. So like I said, it's called Aerial Knights Never Yield. So the game takes place in kind of a let me see what how the description says it a uh, so here's a description survive a futuristic Tokyo style Detroit in this 3D runner that tells the story of Wally who has uncovered the evidence that can change his city forever explore a game world with a dope tastic soundtrack featuring the authentic the authentic sounds of Detroit artists so yeah uh, right off the bat, as that description says, the music and stuff and the overall style and vibe of the game just out the gate is awesome. Um, even just from like the title screen, the way the words and images are laid out and this like really cool design and stuff, whatever, just like immediately just grabs your attention. It's like, okay, hey, this game is dope. Even without playing it yet, just the visual presentation already sets a good tone and a good picture so so yeah so as far as like gameplay it's as i said it's, it's like a 3d side scroller so pretty much you're constantly basically just running you know left to right so and basically as you're running you are getting past different obstacles so you're running jumping sliding and dashing and those are done, you know, with the different, with the different directions on either the thumb, the thumbstick or the D-pad. So, so yeah, so you know, as you're running, if it's like, oh hey, there's a fence in front of you, you know, you'll jump over it. If there is like a gap between two things, um, I don't know, you know, like like something that's high barrier and something that's low, but it has like a gap in the middle, you'll kind of do like this kind of like cool like tuck flip through it you know if you've got a slide underneath something like a table or whatever you'll slide um or certain things if it's you know thin enough you can just like get a speed boost and just boom dash right through it so so yeah so like i said it's it's you know really cool you know pretty straightforward but in print and concept but you know the execution is what matters but uh, but yeah so like i said definitely check that out it's called aerial knights never yield so like i said the demo was on nintendo switch i don't know if the demo is on anything else at the moment but that's where i played it at so so yeah so that's pretty much it i, I got for games today so I'm gonna take another quick break and we'll get right into some shows Alright, so Falcon and Winter Soldier, Episode 5, titled Truth. So, man, this was a uh, very nice episode. You know, definitely hit home for me in many aspects. Um, you know, especially a lot of the conversations between Isaiah and Sam. You know, and obviously, you no, know, primarily because of me, for those who don't know, <laughs> I'm a black man that lives in Texas, lives in the South. So a lot of stuff they talking about is stuff, you know, I'm familiar with, grew up around. So, yeah. So like I said, those aspects of the episode definitely, you know, like I said, like hit me very close, but 
overall, awesome episode. I enjoyed seeing kind of like the the community aspect of it during kind of like like the middle part of the episode where Sam basically reaches out to a lot of old family friends and stuff that you know knew his parents, knew him growing up, knew the family. And that was very awesome because, you know, I feel like that is definitely something that a lot of us forget about sometimes or sometimes we think that like, man, I ain't got nobody to help me out. I'm alone. But then when you actually start reaching out, then sometimes, you know, and, and of course, no, it's not 100 percent guarantee, but there are times where communities will come together to help each other, to support each other. And so that was very nice and very beautiful to see. You know, I like seeing Sam and Bucky kind of working together on fixing the boat and stuff. Um, Sam's sister kind of telling him, like, boy, move out the way. You don't know what you're doing on this part. <laughs> Definitely, you know, kind of reminded me of some, you know, fun moments and stuff I had with my sister, you know, stuff growing up. And even as an adult, you know, us having that, you know, that relationship. But, um, but yeah, so yeah, re really enjoy that part. Um, of course the freaking giant tease of whatever new gear that Bucky had got the, uh, the Wakandans to make for Sam. So I was hoping, I was like, I was like, maybe there's a chance we might either get like a tiny peek at it or maybe like in the post credit scene, but Sadly, no, we're going to have to wait for next week, which I think is the finale of the season. So, which is pretty crazy, you know, that they only did six episodes, but hopefully it's a long episode, either, you know, equally as long. Cause I think this was the longest one so far, close to pretty much about an hour, give or take, you know, with credits and stuff. So hopefully, you know, hey, who knows, maybe we might get a freaking hour and a half <laughs> Uh, finale episode or something next week but um yeah definitely cannot wait um you know it was also what, what was the other thing uh oh yeah bucky pretty much handing over baron zemo to the wakandan group i'm sorry forgive me i always forgot how to pronounce the name the dorilaje or some something of that nature um, but yeah, he turned them over to the Wakandans. Like I said, that's when, at the time when he had asked them for the favor, which ended up being whatever new piece of gear um, they made for Sam. But um, but yeah, and then you know we got the stuff with the aftermath of what John Walker did to the guy at the end of last episode, and you know him kind of standing before the kind of like military council or whatever and them, you know, basically you know, stripping him of his titles and ranks and all that stuff and him meeting some lady. I wonder, hmm, now I think about it, I wonder is she the power broker person or I don't know, but that, that one lady that kind of came and talked to him and his wife or whatever. So very interested to, interested to see who she is, where that goes and to, you know, I'm pretty sure somebody out there that's more familiar with the source material might, you know, with the comics probably has a clue or know who she is, but I don't. So excited to hopefully learn more mm -hmm. of that next episode. 
Um, and then, yeah, continuing with John Walker, you know, like I say, he, you know, he eventually went and saw the family of his partner that, you know, got killed last episode and, you know, them kind of, you know, just sharing stories of like, oh, you know, he always used to talk about you and say he was proud to be working alongside the new Captain America and stuff. And then we get that post credit scene of him pretty much welding and trying to put together another uh, Captain America type of shield, which obviously we know is not going to hold a candle to the actual thing because it's freaking, you know, you got something wild. Yes, it's made out of metal. You're not going to go against a freaking vibranium shield, you know. So, but anywho, yeah, just curious to see how that goes. Um, and I, I also enjoyed, you know, towards the end of the episode where Sam kind of gets his, his little training montage and we see, you know, cause it, cause at first when, when him and, um, uh, when him and who was it, when him and Bucky were kind of, you know, just casually talking and freaking tossing the damn shield back and forth and bouncing out the trees at first i was like oh okay he, he already has a pretty good grip of the shield but that was kind of just you know him and them just kind of just doing just basic mm-hmm. basic tosses and stuff of that nature yeah them just kind of doing basic tosses and things of that nature so you know compared to you know he was kind of doing more you know, like, okay, how is this going to be during actual combat? You know, I'm not going to be just standing in one spot, you know, just just slowly bouncing it off a tree and it bouncing back. So, you know, he's up here, you know, trying to practice, like, doing flips and running throws, bouncing it off of different stuff at different angles. And so, yeah, it was just, like I said, just kind of cool seeing him getting used to the shield and stuff and him training over the course of some period of time. Um, don't know how much time passed. It was for sure at least a few days because we see, you know, the kind of, you know, um, him changing clothes or having on different outfits several times throughout that kind of montage. So it was like, oh, okay, that's at least some way, like I said, of them kind of showing some passage of time, even if it might not have been too long, but it was at least, I think, maybe like a few days to maybe a week or so, uh, give or take. Um, so, yeah, so that was really cool seeing him you know, finally kind of start to embrace the shield and get more comfortable with it. Um, and, you know, I also enjoy that moment where Bucky was spending the night and he woke up and Sam's two nephews were, you know, in there playing, play fighting with the shield and all that stuff. So like I said, that was you know, very sweet, very wholesome, you know, seeing the kids, you know, doing that um, as well as, you know, them kind of interacting and, being part of, you know, the montages and stuff. So, so yeah, so I always, you know, I always enjoy seeing, you know, cool little stuff like that from, you know, from being both in the position Sam is in as, okay, hey, he's at his sister's house, you know, doing stuff with his nephews because I have a bunch of nieces and nephews, you know, on top of, you know, my own kids and stuff now. So, so yeah, so like I said, that, that stuff was just, you know, just always just really cool to see like different family aspects and stuff brought into the show. But, um, but yeah, overall really good episode. 
Um, definitely excited for this finale. I'm I'm pretty certain it's gonna be a freaking banger. Um, like I said, with you know Sam Sam gonna have some new gear. Them going after Carly. Um, the uh, Agent Carter. I can't remember what's her name. Cheryl, the shoot, the lady that's on the run, basically like Agent Carter's niece or whatever. Curious, like what she has going on because she's calling in big favors and stuff. And so, so yeah, so it's a couple of you know really cool mysteries going on that you know hopefully will kind of come to a head and we'll see how things are gonna go down next week. So yeah, it's Falcon and Winter Soldier episode five. Loved it. Okay, so Invincible, episode six. You look kind of dead. <laughs> Man, this was another wild freaking episode. Um, poor Mark. <laughs> poor Mark, man. On all fronts, dude can't catch a freaking break with his relationship. Getting his butt constantly beat. By these, uh, all the different enemies he keep, enemies he keep, he keep coming across. But yeah, but overall, this was freaking another awesome episode. Like I said, just like every week, fighting back the temptation to just jump into the freaking comic and just read ahead, trying to stay strong at least a couple more weeks later to, to at least finish the season. So, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. The the whole thing with, you know, the episode started off, you know, everybody kind of slowly recovering at the hospital and stuff. Mark was out for a freaking week after the ass beating he got last episode. But, you know, then he tried to go with his best friend to with Amber at, at this college thing. And, of course, it's like no matter where, where Mark goes, trouble is around the corner because man it's like that that first um kind of like robot person that was made from that uh the kind of drunk college kid earlier you know like like the thing like him taking out himself basically by you know impaling himself on on the little sundial thing so and apologies if y'all heard any rumbling and stuff at first because i'm just for the first time, I'm actually walking around pacing <laughs> just because of just the energy because I literally just watched the episode. So, um, but yeah, going from there, you know, trying to patch things up with Amber one last time. And of course, the fight happens. He disappears. You know, now his best friend knows that he's invincible. But of course, that just drives another wedge between him and Amber. And I don't know if, you know, if they're going to, end up getting back together at all again or you know I, I have a feeling that if, you know obviously probably at some point in the series she will eventually learn that he is invincible and then you know maybe they'll kind of like later on down the line you know give her context for all this stuff now so who knows but um but yeah man just ugh. and then that final fight at the end and you know luckily uh rick was able to 
snap itself back to consciousness because otherwise man invincible would have been dead um the best friend would have been a goner and yeah um the other thing with uh all the other stuff with the wife and Omni-Man and you know her finally you know taking it to the tailor to you know analyze the suit and stuff and him you know basically discovering the blood of all these basically all the heroes that got killed in episode one and then you know of course you know him showing up to talk to the tailor dude I wonder is the guy still alive <laughs> you know after his little visit um, or if he ended up you know killing him or what and then, you know, at the end of the episode, you know, him confronting her, her kind of basically confronting him, just kind of just, hey, why'd you kill everybody? Oh, I didn't do it. Like, eh, BS, you know. So, yeah, definitely curious just to see, like, how that's going to continue to evolve because I don't know. I don't think he would kill his wife, but who knows? You know, the dude's bit unhinged can't really fully tell what he will and won't do like what lines or boundaries he won't cross so you know um hopefully not you know but i could see him maybe eventually potentially killing her and you know that's kind of like the final straw that kind of you know leads him and mark button heads or something i don't know um though of course you know mark would have to get way more beastly to take on his dad because he's definitely nowhere near able, able to do that now but um but yeah and then you know the robot dude still kind of has this little affection for a monster girl and then shoot what is the one chick's name um eve yeah so uh, i was kind of like seeing the glimpses of like what she's getting up to and you know, basically her coming to the conclusion after spending, you know, the day with Amber at the shelter last episode that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good to be done in the world that doesn't require you to do it on a world scale. Like, like all your accomplishments as a hero don't need to be, oh, I stopped the alien invasion or, you know, I saved an entire country. It was just, you know, really cool. You know, seeing her just go out there and, and I guess, I guess I forgot from like the first episode or whatever, but it was just like really cool getting to see her really flex with her powers and stuff. And it, you know, of course it kind of sucked that like her dad, you know, isn't supportive of her, but you know, um, it is what it is, but you know, sometimes you just gotta step out and do things on your own, regardless of even what your family, parents, whoever say, but, but yeah, so yeah, just like seeing her just kind of like, <laughs> flying around like, oh, this looks like a good spot and just basically building a freaking cool looking treehouse thing and then yeah just flying around doing good deeds you know stopping a mudslide from a couple of people that was hiking um putting out a forest fire and then freaking regrowing the trees um some people that was out there trying to uh, work in their fields and plant crops she just freaking basically just accelerated time so to speak and you know made all the crops instantly grow in that moment so yeah and then you know seeing her you know kind of return at the end of the day and just go to you know when she flew straight into her bed 
you could see the the joy on her face of like, yo, okay, I'm finally doing something that matters. You know, I'm up here, you know, like I said, just, you know, just doing a lot of good deeds. They can pay big dividends for those people that she's helping. Like I said, like helping, you know, instead of these people working for months and months and months to, you know, tend to these crops, watch them grow, all that stuff, whatever. It's like, okay, hey, in a split second, boom. Here's all your crops, you know, that helps them. Same thing with the fires. Okay, she put out the fire, but then getting the trees to grow back. Something that probably would take years and years and years for freaking whole trees to grow back. So, so yeah, so that was really cool to see. But, um, but yeah, I'm just very curious. Um, you know, like I said, the biggest things right now for me is, you know, what's going to happen with Nolan and his wife. And then, you know, the continuing... Thing between Amber and Mark, as well as uh, now that his best friend is in the loop and knows, you know, about Mark and stuff. Um, I wonder if, if the best friend would be the one that would slip up and tell Amber or somebody else, or who knows. So, but, um, yeah, overall, another freaking great episode of Invincible. So, yeah. All right, so. Moving on to another couple of quick shows. Um, first off, uh, Tokyo Revengers, still good. Um, so far, I'm still enjoying what's going on. You know, after this second episode, um, you know, don't don't like I said, don't have too much to say on it. Just that hey, I'm still enjoying it, and I'm definitely curious to see how this is going going to continue to build. You know, as he, you know, is he going to con continuously keep on going back and forth in time to the present to the past? Or is he going to stay in the past for a while and just kind of continue to do what he can there for longer periods of time? So, so yeah, so Tokyo Revengers, episode two, still get a thumbs up from me. Um, the Shaman King remake, I'm still enjoying that as well. Um, I think I've seen, yeah, I've seen episode two. I still need to watch episode three. Um, but, yeah, but second episode, once again, still good. So still keeping check on that now. The real thing I want to get on is Megalobox Season 2, Nomad, Episode 3. Man, so, I already had mad respect for Chief just off of, you know, how he was acting in the first couple of episodes. But this episode definitely solidified him as, I don't know how to really discover basically the dude is selfless above all measure the dude does not hesitate to rush in to help people to protect people whatever the case may be do no thought no hesitation went in um you know because like i said you, you can already kind of tell that because of you know the way he was talking to joe when he first met him at the bar and even after they had their match last episode to you know, him entering this tournament to help out this community, to, you know, him being in the middle of the night fixing the pipes that got messed up, to everything. And then, you know, him going and getting groceries for the old lady and the little girl, and even getting, getting the little girl, little teddy bear mixed in there. And then at the very end, which, speaking of the old lady, I really, man, now that I thought about it, I bet that house that caught on fire belonged to the old lady and the little girl. Man, 
I hope not. I hope nothing happens to them. I hope, I'm hope I hope that they're if that was their house that they're able to get out um, with minimum bruises. But but yeah, man, just just the way that Chief no hesitation, the bottle of water that he was about to drink from after his match, he just once he saw the house was on fire, he just opened up the water, dumped it on himself, and just rushed straight into the house. Um, and of course, Joe is just standing there, just like dumbfounded. You know, just at, like I said, I guess just at how quickly Chief acted. But, yeah, man, it it just sucks overall that these people are going to such extreme lengths. But it also kind of mirrors how a lot of stuff has been happening for years. But especially, like, in the last year with, you know, various hate crimes against, you know, the black culture, the... Currently, or more recently, with the Asian culture, with you know Hispanics, with Middle East, Middle Eastern people, so and the list goes on and on and on. Um, yeah, it just sucks that these people are going to such lengths to get these people to leave this area, to try to quit, to try to give up. And I'm. It also just sucks just seeing Milo. The little boy just continuously getting sucked into all this mess, um, you know, because it's like it's like those are his people. His mom is included in there, and it's like you know, you already kind of had a feeling that he had something to do with stuff because you know, like at the beginning of the episode when he was standing outside the little store where they made the old lady and the little girl go back where they had the sign of like no immigrants allowed. And, you know, it's cussing them out and sending them away to when all the people in the town was looking at all the graffiti. And then when the, you know, people kind of moved out of view, you could start to see, you know, that Milo had the spray can in his pocket. So it was like he's being part of it. And then now the way things went at the end of the episode where those guys freaking had a whole case of stuff ready to do Molotovs and try to get Milo to join in. Milo finally started hesitating, but then the one kid just like, well, screw you, and tossed one in, and then it ended up being a bigger fire than what they anticipated. And so now, you know, if... Because as I'm kind of talking through this, unfortunately, I do feel somebody is either going to die or get severely injured behind this fire. And that's going to be something that's going to weigh down on Milo. Um, and, you know, and then that's going to lead to wherever that goes with the season. But, yeah, because cause he's, he's going to have to have something to happen to, unfortunately, to open his eyes to, like, man, you, you know, stop being a dumb kid, man. You got to help out your people, you know, help your mom. But, yeah, man. And then, you know, seeing Joe continue to go through his struggle that he's going through and getting a little bit more glimpses into potentially what happened and how he ended up where he is now. Um, and, you know, and then Chief telling more of his backstory of him losing his son and later on his wife and stuff and seeing how he truly does understand what Joe is going through because he was on the painkillers and all that stuff too back after he lost his son. Um, 
And so, yeah. So, like I said, so far, like, we, we are only three episodes in. But this has been a very strong start to this season of the show. And it's like, man, it's like we're only three episodes in. And I don't even know how long this season is going to be. Um, but assuming it's even just minimum 12 episodes, it's about to be a crazy good 12 episodes, you know, assuming it's not more. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just very excited, um, nervously excited, you know, to see what's coming up. But, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, Megalobox Season 2 Nomad Episode 3. Chief, you to go, man. You the real one, man. All right, it's manga time. And this week we're starting off with My Hero Academia, manga chapter 309, titled Can't Be a Child Anymore. And that title is very on point, <laughs> you know, for for how things kind of go this week. So, so yeah, so pretty much, we, you know, we start off this chapter with... Uh, Something I was kind of, I'm glad, I was glad to see, even though it was just a couple of panels, but still seeing more students from other schools. Um, so we see a couple, a couple of third years from Ketsubusu Academy, um, Shiku Makabe, and Etajiro Toteke. Um, I can't remember if, if I've seen them before or not. They don't look familiar, but hey, who knows? Um, but yeah, so we kind of see them, you know, doing their thing, and then and then in the distance we see Deku carrying off uh, muscular to drop him off at the police station, and so so yeah, so you know Deku drops him off, disappears, and he heads back to All Might, and so it's a really cool panel where we see All Might in a freaking biker looking leather jacket with some cool shades in a dark alley next to his hot Ferrari <laughs> or whatever and then Deku comes flying in and stuff so so yeah so we start to learn basically that Deku and All Might left UA together um and and that they're working together along with Hawks Endeavor and Best Genus so so, yeah, so the big, so the top three heroes, along with Midorio and All Might, are all working together um, to basically just to try to go on the offensive against the League of Villains. You know, instead of waiting for Shigaraki to fully power up, because more than likely, probably if, if they were to do, if if the League of Villains were to attack, be the first ones to make a move, they won't be able to really stop them. Whereas, you know, if they try to be a little bit more proactive and go after them then you know there might be more more of a chance so but of course you know we see freaking since Deku has his danger sense quirk you know he's barely there with All Might for a good minute before he's like up oh, I sense some more danger he goes flying off again to go you know tackle the next thing um and so we end up getting a little flashback with uh some discussions between Deku, All Might, and his mother, Enko. So, you know, uh, this doctor who looks freaking like freaking Mario from Super Mario Brothers, I call him Dr. Mario, you know, comes in and, you know, Horikoshi basically gives us a little bit clear explanation 
because I know a lot of people are like, hey, why isn't Deku more hurt? Like, what did Martin talking about like how if he does something like this again with his arms, he'll be unable to use them, blah, 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 blah. Well, the doctor explains that, you know, in the past, whenever he would, you know, push himself too far, it was like little explosions were happening inside of his body. But, you know, since the last time that happened, you know, he was only at like 5% of the quirk where now he's at 45%. So his body has changed a lot since then. And so the, you know, and him and also him using Black Whip and his other quirks to kind of help reduce some of the strain also reduce some of the injuries. Of course, you know, it's still the threat of him being permanently injured, but it lessens the more, you know, he builds up his body and gets more used to the quirk. And so, so, so while this is going on, you know, uh, they have a talk with his mom to basically kind of explain more about what's going on with the quirk and why, you know, why everybody's after him. And so, so, yeah, so, and then there's a moment where, you know, basically they tell his mom that, you know, that the villains are coming for a Deku. And so, you know, uh, all my sources say, like, oh, you know, we're making our arrangements to keep them protected at UA. And then this is when Deku says, I'm not going back to UA because, you know, basically he doesn't want anybody else getting hurt because of Shigaraki having the search ability that he got from Ragdoll. Um, he can pretty much track down Deku wherever he is. So instead of him sitting at the school where it's more of a danger, that's why, you know, he's going out into the field. And so, so yeah, so, you know, kind of like this moment back and forth where, you know, Deku starts to say, you know, if they reach their full strength, things will get worse than ever, which is why I have to stop Shigaraki and all for one before that happens. And his mother's like, well, you're in the hospital now because you couldn't beat them. And the deck was like, yes, but I have to get stronger. And so, you know, we had these very sweet moments where he thinks back to, you know, those moments where his mother still supported him, even after finding out, you know, he didn't, he wasn't going to have a quirk and all that stuff when he was even younger. You know, he's like, mom, when you thanked me and smiled, you don't know how happy that made me. And that's why I have to go but it's okay, I'll come home to you. And so, you know, kind of get these parallel panels of him when he was a baby or a toddler and his All Might onesie hugging with his mother to now him as an older teen, hugging his mother and stuff like that. Um, very sweet, very wholesome stuff. Um, I definitely would like to find that same hoodie for my son Vash before he gets too big because I think that would be very cool. Um to get that for him but uh, but yeah and so then this is when all my like okay i know i can't stop you from going which is why i'm coming too whether you like it or not and then you know that's when the ball starts or the wheels start turning and the plans start going into motion for deku and all my to work with endeavor best genius and hawks and so um so yeah, so we get this little funny panel of freaking genius holding the phone <laughs> in some very weird, awkward position. Um, then we also kind of move over and we get a little moment where uh, Deku is speaking with Gran Torino in the hospital. And it seems like this is where, you know, Deku delivered the message that Nana gave him. And so 
this is where we see, get to officially see Grant Torino pass on his cape to Deku. And so, of course, you know, we don't know after that, you know, if Grant Torino is still alive or what. But the chapter ends with this very cool panel of Endeavor, Hawks, Deku, Genus, Best Genus, and All Might. And, you know, it, it kind of, it's very awesome because like like the last bit of dialogue from Grant Torino leading up to that panel is, I should have made the kill, sorry, don't be so rigid, killing can be another way to save someone. And then we get these quotes, never forget that. And either way, you got to go settle the score with the League of Villains. And then the last text is team up top three and Deku and All Might. So, yeah, um, like I said, very fun chapter. Like I said, very cool and to, to get a lot of clarification on a lot of things. You know, fans were kind of curious about as far as like Deku's injuries. Does his mom know he left the school? Did he leave the school by himself? Is he working with heroes? So we pretty much got answers to all those things, you know, regardless if you like the answers or not. We got some form of answers, so, so yeah, so it's definitely setting up some for some very cool stuff coming up in the near future. So, yeah, that's my hero, chapter three hundred nine. All right, so next up, I'm gonna talk about Spy Family. So, Spy Family, the manga for that, um, and today, you know, talking about manga chapter forty four. So, Spy Family hasn't had a chapter in almost a month and some of that was just because of just timing of breaks because the series is already bi-weekly um which is why we get these really cool freaking like almost 30 page chapters every two weeks but i think the timing of the two week uh or it being bi-weekly on top of there being like some other break in between it ended up extending to being like i said almost a month since we got the last chapter so so anywho so yeah so spy family chapter 44 so pretty much from the beginning you know you know at the end of the last chapter you know your had got a call from somebody saying hey thorn princess we have you know a new mission for you so she goes to meet whoever calls whoever called her so this person who's Acting like a gardener, we know he's actually not. But anywho, so long story short, they you know her next mission is more to protect a client instead of you know her usual assassination missions. So, so yeah, so her mission is to protect the Gretcher family. So it seems like basically looks like let's see the head of both the head of the family and both his sons were killed recently in an internal dispute. And the last surviving members of the Gretcher family are Oka Gretcher and her young son. So, but anywho, just kind of moving on. Um, so, yeah, so this is her mission to protect this mother and son. And it's going to take place on a boat. So, you know, because basically they're helping them to get asylum in this foreign country. So, yeah, so they're going to be on a boat. And so they already worked out the details to make it undercover to look like she's going on a work trip for the for her quote-unquote day job so yeah so that that's pretty cool that's that's what she's going to be planning on doing but of course you know she had doubts of like okay well you know how she can explain this to her family and you know uh everybody else and stuff well of course and in, in typical spy family 
fashion. Nothing is as simple as it seems. So we have a moment where Anya and the dad are at the store and they're doing a raffle for a chance to go on a ship, which we later find out is the same ship Yor is going on for her mission. So so we have this moment where, you know, they're in line and of course nobody is picking the winning numbers because basically they're doing the thing where, hey, pick your hand in the box, whatever number you pull out, that's the prize you'll get. So Anya starts to read the guy's mind and find out that he basically rigged the game and there's somebody in, in line that's going to pluck the tickets so that they can go on the trip. So, you know, of course, with Anya reading his mind, she learns that the real ticket is taped to the top of the box. So, hey, obviously, nobody that doesn't have inside knowledge would know about that. So, so yeah, so we get this really funny moment where, you know, when Anya gets up to the, to the guy, you know, on the outside, he's like, oh, yeah, hey, hey, little lady, you know, you're up, you're up next to try your luck. Hope you win. But then his internal dialogue, he's like, now hurry up and lose Brett. That lady behind you wants her grand prize ticket. And, of course, Anya plucks out the winning ticket. And they win. So now they're going on a cruise. And so now Lloyd, Anya, and Yor are all going to be on this freaking ship together. And there was this cute moment, you know, to where... You know, I just like, yay, you know, I've never been over the ocean before. And the dog, Bond, is like, woof, woof, yes. And then she's like, oh, you're not coming. And the dog has this just, like, funny, hilariously shocking face or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, so... And then, of course, you know, Anya is reading her mother's mind, you know, and learning that her mom is actually going on this trip for a assassin mission or an or a, or a assassin job. And so, uh, so yeah, and then Lloyd talks to his people so that he can get time off of his job to go. And so, yeah, so we get the setup, and it looks like this mission is going to get take place on this ship. Um, it's kind of funny now looking at this last panel again with all these big players. We're getting teased that going on the ship at the end. It kind of reminds me of uh, in Hunter Hunter were all these mysterious big figures boarding the ship for the dark continent. So <laughs> obviously not the same thing, but just kind of made me remember those times of back, back when that was starting in Hunter Hunter. So, but, uh, but yeah, so good stuff as always. Um, always, you always feel good after reading spy family. So, you know, I know I've mentioned before, but I really do hope that this show someday gets a, anime because i feel like man that would just be so heartwarming watching that every week so but yeah that's a uh, spy family chapter 44 dr stone dr stone manga chapter 193 titled our world um our stone world to be specific so yeah, we pick up from last chapter where the petrification beam is going. It started making its wave across the planet. Now, I was hoping we were going to immediately get the time jump, but this chapter was kind of just more an extension of last chapter. So, I have a feeling like, like in the future, whenever we get this stuff animated, this chapter and last chapter will hopefully just be one episode. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, so we kind of get to like see like a couple of other characters... Uh, thoughts and stuff in these final moments of the petrification beam coming 
And so we get the little uh, archaeologist girl and can't remember, I think, I think like the one spy girl from the other group, I can't remember, but basically they're seeing the beam coming on the, on the horizon, the blind chick tries to, like, oh, well, I know, we'll just, you know, toss the, the, uh, float in the air, send time it so that it will land on us, and we'll be good, but of course, her aim sucks, so she tosses it up in the air, so, so yeah, so she tries to toss the bottle up and freaking all the bottle goes right, right off the side of the freaking cliff. <laughs> and so, so yeah, so, you know, we pretty much get like some final thoughts from Senku, Zeno, and Stanley them. And then, you know, Zeno's looking at it, it's like, oh, this light of destruction is truly elegant. Senku, you and I could have owned this new world. We could have led it properly. And yet, you know. And then at the same time, you know, we have Stanley thinking of what he can do. And so he sees the that one vial of the uh, revival fluid inside the little tower structure. And he thinks like, well, he could shoot it. And so, yeah, so Stanley is looking at the bottle. He's kind of like trying to think of how all this stuff could play out. And so, you know, he notices that, like, okay, Senko and his friends plan to douse one of their own with the fluid after we're all petrified to claim victory. But a shot for me could send the bottle flying off with, but then he also realizes, like, well, with the fluid loss, humanity will be doomed forever. And so, basically, he has to make a decision, like, okay, is it worth the gamble of, it's like, okay, either he does nothing, and then the bottle will fall on somebody from the kingdom of science they'll get revived and more or less claim victory or he could attempt to shoot the bottle make it go in a way to where it lands on one of their people but there's also the chance that the bottle just flies off and breaks and lands on nobody and then nobody gets revived <laughs> you know so it's like, it's like okay either they win we win or nobody wins, so to speak. And so, and then the, the thin line between Stanley them and Zen of them group winning and then them possibly doing all of humanity is like super thin. So he ends up not doing it. And so he just kind of gets in a really cool pose, smoking a cigarette, you know, uh, uh, hops out of his armor as he, you know, kind of gets ready for to get petrified, and so, uh, so yeah, so like I said, it was just really cool. Just saying, I'm just kind of scrolling through the chapter again. Uh, let me see. Instead of taking it, the world as it is for yourselves, we'd rather craft the world of the future. That's what gets me excited, and that was Senku's last words. And then Zeno's last words were, so when all is said and done, all of you are actually the greedy ones. And so, and then, yeah, and then, yeah, then Stanley kind of realizes that, you know, his statue, they'll hold it hostage forever in exchange for his help, for Zeno's help. And so he says, not bad, not bad at all. You kids won this war. And so, like I said, just it, for these characters that get that get to plan ahead of like some of them kind of like really cool poses and stuff, I know I'll be kind of striking like ah, 
badass pose, you know, has this kind of cool arms crossed pose and shit. But uh but yeah, and then the group back in uh back in Japan sees the beam coming and very smartly, you know, uh one of the leaders is like, Hey, you know, we don't want anyone breaking while petrified, so everyone into defensive positions. So everybody kind of like kind of like uh turtles up so to speak on the ground as they're getting petrified so which is smart because like, hey learn from your mistakes you know it's like hey don't you know be you know jumping off a cliff right right when it's about to when you're about to be petrified and stuff like that so so yeah so like i said it's kind of cool just seeing how they're kind of planning and stuff and so kind of get this sad moment of their past little puppy and little pig running around after everybody's been petrified you know sad they're like they're all alone and so the pig and the dog kind of go off and then and then the end of the chapter is on that day every human on earth turned to stone dr stone chapter 193 our stone world and then the last bit of uh, narration is however this time around, the stone statues knew that long before, or perhaps in the far future, a day would come when they'd be revived. Now then, time to start counting. And then we kind of get a few panels in a row showing the passage of seasons. Now, of course, you know, it looks like it kind of keeps going down past where the page is, but we clearly see, you know, a, a, a summer, fall, winter spring winter so on and so forth so time is passing and then we get a panel of the puppy and the pig looking definitely way older than they do than they did a few pages ago um so i said that's kind of like a cool signifier of like hey time has passed you know um so yeah so very, very exciting stuff um so yeah so hopefully so next chapter should be the true uh time skip and seeing like okay what's gonna be the first thing we see next week so this week was kind of a up in the air if that would be the case but this definitely sets up like okay hey everybody's been petrified we clearly see time has passed the pets are older all right let's get to it so yeah so very excited for next week dr stone awesome stuff yeah all right next up we have kaiju number eight manga chapter 31 so uh so yeah so we're back and you know we kind of pick things off with the captain kind of seemingly ob obliterating the uh the giant kaiju or hanju whichever class it is and so you know everybody's saluting each other getting set up but surprise surprise that thing isn't actually dead it's actually getting set up to do some type of like major explosion and so you know everybody's like okay that attack is basically gonna like freaking obliterate the entire base and so our main character Kafka has to make a move and so he rushes in and you know the vice captain starts to kind of notice that way he's getting faster like how did he get so fast and he transforms into kaiju number eight 
And so, of course, you know, the readings are going off the charts. And the fortitude is 9.8. And, yeah, freaking cats out of the bag. I am definitely very excited for next chapter because this is definitely this is definitely going to be a major turning point for this series one way or another because um, you know he, he's done a few things here and there sneakily to try to help out but this time because of the stakes of the situation he couldn't hide it he just like okay hey, either I do this or potentially everybody else is going to die so he transforms in front of everybody. There's no, oh, hey, one person saw us, so we can maybe talk to them to keep it secret. It's like, no, he transformed into in front of everybody. So, yeah, I am definitely very curious to see how how this gets handled. Because um, this can go multiple different ways. You know, this could be a, you know, a uh, attack on Titan situation, you know, to where, you know, they try to work with the person and stuff or it could be a case to where he is exiled and now everybody's hunting him you know so because I'm pretty sure there's going to be some doubt like okay has that actually been Kafka this whole time or has it been a, a kaiju disguised as him or what is the situation so I'm pretty sure it's, it's going to be there's a, there's a pretty high possibility it's going to get very messy some way or another um, next chapter or in the chapters to come because I'm pretty sure next chapter next chapter is going to be mainly him dealing with this threat and then probably the chapter after that will be us getting into like okay what's going on what's the fallout what's the aftermath so on and so forth so yeah very exciting stuff going on there so yeah like I said just want to just kind of touch on that really quick um yeah that's kaiju number eight um like I said, I think chapter 30, 31. Yeah, chapter 31. So, yeah. Um, and if you happen to hear that by off the off chance or whatever, if you haven't read Kaiju number eight, check it out. Still a fairly new series. You know, as you know me saying, it's only 30-something chapters in, but definitely worth the look. So, yeah. All right. So, I believe that'll do it for this week's episode. Um, as always, thank you to everybody that has listened, continues to listen, new people, long-time listeners, <laughs> long time for the month I've been doing it, um, but yeah, um, still feeling very positive, good energy, um, these podcasts are definitely a highlight of my week, something I love and look forward to doing, um, of course, you know, it can be very tiring, I do see why, you know, for some, for some people, this can turn into a full-time gig, um, but for me, you know, I'm doing this in between my day job, family life, wife, kids, kids in sports, so on and so forth. So, but hey, like I said, the main thing is I'm having fun, I'm loving it, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, so yeah, as usual, um, if you want to follow my personal Twitter is at MastermindRob7. The podcast Twitter is at Dad Needs to Talk. Any feedback or questions, you can hit me up or you can email me at dnttpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks as always to Rifty Beats for the music. And yeah, um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, make sure to be on the lookout for these Finland Saga 
read through episodes, um, check out the Attack on Titan manga finale, and my thoughts on the pro series in general, episode I did the other week, um, and yeah, and look and see what else might be coming in the future, um, like I said, I got this brand new microphone already, that, you know, hopefully get to use within the next week, um, when my laptop gets in, so hopefully, you know, maybe you'll see some differences there, um, and yeah, like I said, I'll continue to expand and grow, um, I'll be on My Hero Academia and Jujutsu Kaisen podcasts and stuff, and yeah, just continue to grow, branch out, meet more people, network, networking is a beautiful thing, but yeah, that'll do it for this week, um, as usual, be kind to others, be kind to yourself, treat yourself to something nice, take a break from time to time, read some manga, and y'all have a good week, catch y'all in the next one, bye, peace.